You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. Hello, welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or a betrayal. We're going to talk about the importance of tradition in overcoming betrayal, especially during the holiday season. And when I mean holiday season, I mean any kind of holidays. It can be birthdays, Christmas, Hanukkah, Valentine's Day, Easter. It doesn't matter what kind of a holiday. I want to talk about the importance of tradition in helping you overcome betrayal. So let's start from the beginning here. What is a tradition? A tradition is something that we do on a regular basis that we rely on. It can be the tradition of a Sunday night meal with family or friends. It can be a tradition of opening gifts on Christmas Eve. It can be a tradition of taking a trip on Easter or a tradition of making fondue on Valentine's Day. It can be the tradition of sitting in bed on Saturday uh, Saturday morning and reading and journaling. It doesn't matter what that tradition is. It can be big and elaborate or it can be very simple, but it's just a thing that is done repeatedly at a certain interval that you rely on and you count on. Now, after you've experienced infidelity or betrayal, it's really hard to trust. It's really hard to trust other people and it's really hard to trust yourself because when you've been betrayed, the rug has literally been pulled out from under you. Everything that you have relied on, everything that you've known to be true you suddenly learn isn't true and that you can't count on it. And it makes you a little terrified. It makes you a little cynical. It really puts you into that tailspin of not knowing who to trust and who you can rely on. Conversely, (laughs) sometimes post-betrayal too, it makes us want to be like, I'm just going to trust the next best person and we just cling on to somebody else and then we trust them even when we shouldn't. So the long and the short of this is it messes up our trust. It messes up our internal guidance system and it makes us really not know who to rely on and what we can count on. Tradition and honoring tradition And working with tradition and thinking about it is a really good tool to help build back that trust muscle. It's a way to exercise some control, to make some decisions, and then to start showing up for yourself again repeatedly. So you start creating that sense of 
belief and belonging and safety and security and trust in yourself and in your own life. Now, as we talk about that, there are four particular points that I want to cover. The first thing I want to cover is creating traditions post-betrayal for yourself and others. Then I want to cover reflecting on holidays past and learning to acknowledge, receive, and grieve both the joy and the loss of what was. And when I talk about tradition as a way of marking time, increasing your sense of belonging, making meaning in a chaotic and unpredictable world. And then lastly, I want to talk about how to revisit the values and beliefs connected to holidays and to examine what's important to you now, right now, post-betrayal, and to reestablish an identity in accordance with your deepest and most authentic values right now. So let's start with what is actually a kind of easy, fun one. Creating traditions post-betrayal for yourself and for others. Okay, let me start by asking you this question. Who takes care of everything during the holidays? Are you the one that orders cake, plans the menu, does the decorations, sends out the cards, What are all of the things that you are responsible for? Now, as you think about those things that you do, those things that you were responsible for, let me ask you another question. Why do you do those things? Do you do those things because those are the things that you're supposed to do? Those are the things that are expected of you? Or do you do those things because they bring you joy? Post-betrayal, it's really important to create some new traditions, some new rituals for yourself. And when you're creating a new ritual or a new tradition for yourself, I want you to enjoy it. What's the point of having a ritual or a tradition that you dislike. Now is actually a fresh start. It's a really good time to start noticing and thinking about the things that you enjoy. If you like writing cards, by all means send cards. If you love crafting or creating gifts, do that. If you love decorating, and by that I mean, it wouldn't matter if nobody came to your house, you love decorating for you, then do that. But if you also find yourself cold, tired, exhausted, stressed out, in bad food and exercise habits, if you end up more stressed out after a holiday, because of the way you have to regroup and get back into healthy routines, then what would it be like if 
you created some new traditions for yourself that honored you. What if you had a tradition of eating healthy foods or doing a workout challenge or taking a, you know, weekend a month to go to the spa or to get a massage or something like that? What if your new Christmas Eve ritual was something for you? If you have kids and if you are separating or divorcing from your partner, you're going to definitely have all of your holidays adjusted. And yeah, there's some grief around that. And we're going to talk about the grief a little bit later. But what I'm asking you to do here, right now, before any of that, is to think about the possibilities. To think about all of the times where you were sleep deprived and exhausted And to maybe move into the excitement of having the opportunity to create a new ritual that's just for you. Taking a bubble bath, reading magazines, sleeping in. Brainstorm. In my book, Flaunt, Drop Your Cover and Reveal Your Smart, Sexy and Spiritual Self, I talk about the crazy brainstorming method. And the crazy brainstorming method is just that. It's a method of brainstorming the most wild, outlandish, crazy ideas you can think of. And the point of that activity is to get you out of this box we call reality. It's to get you out of, well, that's not realistic and that doesn't work and da 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 da. And it's just to start getting you to flow and to think and to imagine and to pretend. When you were a kid and somebody said, let's pretend we're on rocket ships and we're flying to Mars, you didn't say that's not realistic. This cardboard box is not a rocket ship. No, 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 no. You went along with it and you played. And that's what crazy brainstorming is about. It's about really thinking about all of those crazy outrageous, outlandish things that just maybe you could do. I am not asking you to do them. I am not advocating for you to do them. All I'm saying is to think about it. Bubble baths and magazines and soft music and playing with my cat, that might be a really nice Christmas Eve. What about getting takeout or calling a different friend or doing a workout challenge and painting your nails. Think about all of the different things. Volunteering. Visiting people in nursing homes who have no family or friends. Brainstorm a list of all of the possible things that you could do for yourself as a new tradition around the holidays. Just brainstorm that list. After you've taken care of that, you don't have to decide right away. All you need to do is just sit with that list. Let it sink in. You might want to talk to somebody else about it. A coach, friends, counselor, clergy. You might want to get some other ideas and you might just want to sit there and process. After you've done that, 
Then I want you to think about creating traditions for others. If you're a mom, if your family has been rocked by this, if you are staying with your partner, you still might want to create some new traditions. Again, move into the crazy brainstorming idea. Talk to your kids. Talk to your parents. Talk to your extended family. If you're with your partner, talk to your partner. With, if you're with a new partner, talk to them. Don't decide. Just brainstorm. Maybe we want to start traveling on holidays. Maybe we want to open presents on Christmas Eve instead of Christmas Day. Maybe we want to make a different meal. Maybe instead of birthday cake, which always used to be a big thing, now we want a birthday pie. Come up with as many ideas as you collectively can. Make sure you let them know that there is no pressure to decide, that things don't have to be realistic or right on, that you're just collecting ideas and together, think about what would make you all happy. Because I was, as I was talking about what makes you happy, I also encourage you to give your family, your friends, the opportunity to connect with what really makes them happy as well. Maybe you'll find out that your kids always hated ham at Easter or they always hated a certain Hanukkah food or a certain thing that you did on St. Patrick's Day. Corned beef and cabbage was the worst thing for them. Find out what brings them joy and what stresses them out. For example, when I was a kid, there were a few times on Christmas that I would get so keyed up and so stressed out that I would actually throw up. Now, if my parents would have asked me at the time what I wanted around Christmas, of course I would have been like, oh, I want it just how it's always been. But then if they would have asked me the question, what would really make you happy around Christmas? I think I might have said something like, I don't want the presents to be, bam, put under the tree Christmas morning. I would rather see the presents under the tree before Christmas morning. So I didn't have so much anxiety around that. And that's what I'm encouraging you to do. Ask. Ask your kids, your friends, your family. Ask what brings them joy. Ask what they might want to move away from and brainstorm some crazy ideas. Now, the second thing we need to talk about is reflecting on holidays past. And what that means, that's kind of a combination of things. That means learning to acknowledge, receive, and grieve both the joy and the loss of what was. Whoa. What was is a big one. What was has so much, like I said, joy and pain. There is the power of expectations and whether your holidays were really good or really bad, 
for so many of us, holidays were a time where people would get along, where people would put down their differences and make an effort, where money would be spent on gifts, where money would be spent on food. And there was a lot of expectation around them. And whether the result actually turned out to be good or bad, the fact of the matter is you have a memory right now. Right now, you can remember holidays past. And right now, all of those holidays past are colored with a new filter. My husband cheated on me for 15 of our 23 years together. So I have 15 years worth of holidays that I look back on and I say, what was real? What was real? You were putting on your Santa hat. You were putting on your apron. You were wrapping gifts. We were laughing. We were jovial. Was that real? Oh my gosh. What, what did that mean? And it makes me feel crazy because I look back on those things and I don't know what was real and I don't know what wasn't real. Were you thinking about somebody else? Were you really happy to be with me? Or were you faking it? That's a lot to take. And it doesn't matter if you have one holiday or 4,000 holidays that you're looking back on. It's still important to reflect back on those holidays and learn to acknowledge, to accept unconditionally that what is in the past is in the past. That no matter what was the truth, the underlying truth, you can't change it now. It is in the past. You need to acknowledge And accept that those memories will be with you forever and that they will probably haunt you for a long time. And paradoxically, the more you accept that, the less they actually will be haunting you for a long time. It's really, really important to take all of those past memories, all of those points of contention, all of those moments of joy, all of the confusion, and to be able to do two things with them. First, to receive the joy. To receive the good parts that you did make a good meal, that there was laughter to receive the moments of connection and belonging, to receive the times where you felt seen and loved, to look back on that laughter and to just receive it. Because betrayal is a horrible, horrible thing and it it takes so much away, so much away from you, from me. And it's really important to receive the joy And to allow yourself to receive the joy and to not make things any more painful than they have to be. If you had a really good birthday or anniversary or Valentine's Day, if you were loving this tradition with a partner who was really cheating on you, the choice is yours whether you say it's all false and it's all awful and I accept none of that or whether you say 
It's all awful and I accept none of that, but I still choose to receive the joy. I still felt it. What I felt was real. The love that I put into those meals, those gifts, those traditions, that love was real. The love that I got from other people, that was real. And maybe even the love that I got from my partner was real too. And I can choose to receive, to accept that. Because that is who I am and that is what I give and that is what I received. Now the other side of that coin is also grieving. Grieving the loss of what was. Grieving the loss of your own innocence. Grieving the loss of the way that you trusted another person to share your traditions and to create new traditions. It's important to grieve that that holiday, that tradition might not have been exactly what you thought it was. And it's also important to grieve the loss of a beautiful tradition that meant a lot to you for a lot of years, but that you might not want to continue going forward. And I do mean grieving it, feeling the sadness, reflecting on it, consciously seeing the good parts and receiving those and tucking those away in your heart forever. Grieving what no longer will be. And then standing in this present moment on the precipice, on the brink between the past and the future and to be able to look back to the past and see the joy and see the pain, accept the good, grieve the loss, and turn and look towards the future. Turn and look towards the possibility. To look towards some of these new traditions for yourself that actually bring you joy and is not just another expectation that's done for somebody else. To look forward towards traditions that other people might want to start implementing that will also bring them joy. In my work, I always use the concept of burlesque, the shedding of layers, the taking off of the boa and the gloves to reveal something that's beautiful underneath, to reveal something that's authentic and meaningful underneath. How can you create traditions that are authentic and beautiful and meaningful? How can you strip out of all of those other traditions that maybe now aren't so beautiful? And also, how can you continue to look back from a fresh place that is grounded in the present while at the same time looking ahead to the future and finding peace? Tradition is important for so many different reasons. 
First of all, it's a beautiful way to mark time. Whether it's a weekly tradition or a yearly tradition or a monthly tradition, a tradition that I have is going outside and doing a ceremony around the full moon. Tradition marks time. It puts a break in this crazy flow that's life. If you think about it, even going to bed at night, in a way, is a tradition. We call them morning routines. We call them evening routines. But it's a traditional thing. It's something that we do. It marks time. It breaks us out of our normal day. It breaks us out of whatever flow we're in. And since we're talking a lot about the holidays, tradition really puts the break on work. And it reconnects us to family, to friends, to things that are meaningful for us in an important way. It marks time. I don't know if you've had this experience, but when you're a kid, your birthday is a big deal. Every year you have your birthday and you absolutely know how old you are. And you start looking forward to different numbers because you can do different things. 13 is your first year as a teenager, 16, you can drive, 18, you know, you can vote, 21, you can drink. And then after 21, things get a little bit hairy. After 21, it's kind of the milestone birthdays, 30, 40, 50. But some of those in-between years, they're kind of hard to remember. What's the difference between 47 and 48? What's the difference between 36 and 37? It's kind of hard to remember. And if we don't celebrate those birthdays, it's really easy to lose track. So if you don't have traditions, it's much harder to mark time. It's much harder to figure out where you're at in the world, what's going on. Tradition also increases your sense of belonging because traditions are things that we do. In our culture, we celebrate this. In our religion, we celebrate that. In this family, we do this, that, or the other thing. And it gives us a sense of belonging and also pride. Pride in the things that we do because we know how to do them. When you have a tradition, you get good at it. You get good at making the recipes. You know how to hang the decorations. You know what to do. Everybody knows how to sing happy birthday and that you put a certain number of candles that match the person's age on the cake and then you know that you make a wish and you know you you blow it out. It's, It's simple. And it really increases that sense of, I know who I am. I know who you are and I know my place. In the world. Because let's face it, the world is kind of a chaotic and unpredictable place. And when we know, when we can rely on certain things, we know that no matter what happens, we will be okay. Even think about the work week. No matter how bad, how chaotic your week is, you look forward to Friday. I mean, the whole phrase, thank God it's Friday. We all know that if we can just make it through to this week, ah, 
we can, you know, exhale, let our hair down and relax. The same thing is true around holiday tradition. No matter what's going on, we know that we're going to see people we love. We're going to eat certain foods. We're going to, you know, maybe say prayers or do play games or have certain practices. For me, for this week, one of our family traditions is to go up in the mountains before Christmas and to just hang out and do puzzles and play and go out to eat and sleep in. Because that time of year for us is always so busy with parties and when the kids were little plays and, you know, Santa Claus and all these different events. And to have that time away, to just drop out of all the commercial stuff and to be together was really important. And no matter what was going on, we knew that we would have that time together. So even if we were, you know, fighting and the kids were not happy with us and blah, 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 it was a time where we could just all relax and laugh and have fun. So that's why marking time, increasing your sense of belonging and making meaning in a chaotic and unpredictable world. That is why it's really important to Take some time now, today, to reflect on holidays past, to ask yourself what they meant, to receive all the good, juicy, delicious stuff that you can receive, to grieve the loss of what's good, and to actually grieve the time that the holidays weren't as you anticipated, that they weren't what you expected. And then to ground back into the present moment, to your bliss, your joy, and to think about those new traditions that you can create for yourself and for your others. So when you talk about creating traditions for yourself and for others, how do you do that? The first method that I talked about was that crazy brainstorming, but I want to take it a little bit deeper I want to talk about your values and your beliefs connected to the individual holidays and how to revisit those to examine what's truly important to you right now and then to reestablish an identity right here, right now, in accordance with your deepest values. Okay, values are something that we live our life by whether we're aware that we're living our life by those values or not. Some people, if you say, what do you value most in life? Are like, oh yeah, I can do this, bam, bam, bam. Or what are your top three to five values? Bam, 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 bam. Others people will be like, I don't really know. I've never thought about it. And no matter which camp you fall into, I submit that you are living your life by certain values, whether you can identify and verbalize those values or not. And here's what I mean by that. What do you do with your time? What do you do with your days? Because what you do with your days and your time is reflective of what you value. I 
make time to work out to move my body every day. I mean, absent being sick or having something else going on. I move my body every day. If you were to say, is one of your top values, you know, health and movement? I might say, uh, let me think about that. But it's what I do with my time that shows health and movement and physical activity and physical fitness is a value that I live my life by. Because I always make time for movement. I always make time for health. So physical fitness and health is a value that I live my life by. Some people spend their days working. Working because they're passionate about something. Working about creating justice in the world, working to, you know, overcome challenges, working to whatever it is, working to make money, to close deals, to teach students. Think about the things that you do in your life. You might be living your life with a value that education is important because you're always taking classes and you're teaching and you're reading books and you're doing webinars and you're looking up videos on YouTube. What you do in your day is reflective of what you value. I value education. I value physical health and fitness. Too often, I think, People will talk about their values in terms of like, oh, I just value kindness and blah, 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 blah. But then when it really comes, push comes to shove and you say, so what are you doing every day? Yeah, sometimes those people are actively being kind, but sometimes they're not actively being kind day in and day out. Sometimes they just go to church on Sundays and they're really kind at church on Sundays and that's it. And then I would say that's not really living your, your life in accordance with that value. If you value spirituality, it means you are spiritual every day. It moves through you. It's a part of you. If love is your value, if connection with others is the value that you live your life by, it means that you are spending your time, your days, your weeks, your months, your years connecting and loving. Go to lauracheadle.com slash freebies. When you go to www.lauracheadle.com slash freebies, you can download your Fetish Finder worksheet. Now, this Fetish Finder worksheet can also be used as a values finder worksheet. Print out the worksheet and just mark time. Mark what you do. Worked commuted, listened to music, played with kids, played with animals. Mark the things that you do. Got in fight, volunteered, you know, called people that I loved, sent text, checked social media. Mark what you do. At the end of the week, look at that fetish finder worksheet, which in this case is the values finder worksheet, and see what you're actually doing with your time. It's really illuminative. 
to see what you're doing. Because it shows you what you value. And also, if you all of a sudden have the realization that, no, 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 connection has always been really important to me. Helping others has been really important to me. And I used to do philanthropy and I used to volunteer and I used to knit hats for people and I used to do all this stuff and I haven't done it for so long. It can just wake you up and let you see, oh my gosh, I have not been living in accordance with my values. It is time that I made a change. And then you can do something to make that change. So that's what I mean by revisiting your values. I also want you to revisit your values and your beliefs, specifically your beliefs around the holidays, because many holidays have a religious connotation, as well as a cultural connotation, as well as a familial connotation. We do things a certain way in our family, in our religion, in our culture. And I want you to challenge those beliefs a little bit by going outside of yourself, pretending you are a foreigner, an alien from another planet that you have never heard of this holiday before, that you have never heard of these traditions before, and explain it. And as you are explaining it, see how it feels to you. Does it just feel ridiculous? Or does it feel really meaningful? It might feel more meaningful to you now as an adult than it ever did as a kid. And it also might be one of those things where you suddenly think, oh my gosh, I don't even believe this. Why am I celebrating? This is, this is stupid. It doesn't make sense for me. I don't really understand this. And if education is one of your values and you want to research the holiday and different traditions and different meanings around it, by all means, go ahead. And if that's not of interest to you either, that's fine. This is about you. This is about revisiting your values and your beliefs connected to holidays. When you examine what's really important to you right Now, you can put those beliefs up against what the holiday stands for, and you might be able to really create some of those new traditions and beliefs that are meaningful. A lot of different cultures don't celebrate things like birthdays. They don't celebrate things like American Thanksgiving. St. Patrick's Day has different meaning in Ireland than it does here. Valentine's Day. I mean, how strange is that if you really start thinking about it? Look at the traditions and what they mean. And also what they mean to you right now in this season. 
because you've experienced a betrayal, something like Valentine's Day is probably not going to be a number one on your list. But let's think about what it is. It's about finding love. It's about love. Maybe it's about love for humanity, for animals, for kids, for yourself. What are you valuing right now? What are you needing more of right now? And how can you make that holiday meaningful to you? Lately, there's been that whole push for Galentine's Day where, you know, women go out together, girls go out together, and that's great. That's that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Taking the holiday and imbuing it with the kind of meaning that you need right now. What does Christmas mean to you? What does New Year's mean to you? How does that balance with what you're going through right now? If you think about the Christmas story, the birth of a baby, the birth of a savior, into a kind of tense political situation. But it's about hope. It's about hope in the midst of a tense political situation, world situation. It's about giving birth in a stable when there's no room in the inn. That is not ideal. That is not ideal at all. If you have ever given birth, trust me, you don't want to give birth in a stable. So what can you do with that? That was a disruptive situation. This was a non-ideal situation. Which pieces of that story are more meaningful for you right now? Do you want to focus on the hope that this child is the savior, that this child is the son of God, that this child is going to lead the world out of sin? Or do you want to focus on the fact that this is a really non-ideal situation? that Mary and Joseph are going to pay taxes and there's no room in the inn and it's, this is a mess, blah, blah, blah. And they persevered and they had the baby anyway and the wise men found them and everything turned out. What parts of the story that you do you want to focus on? Because you have permission to focus on whatever piece of that story is meaningful to you right now and you have permission to change. And you also have permission to completely ignore it this year and to speak up to your family, to your friends, and to say, hey, I know that we do this every year, but this year I'm not going to. You don't even have to explain, I've been through a lot and this year I don't feel like it. All you have to do is speak up. All you have to do is listen and acknowledge and trust yourself. Because as I said at the beginning, the importance of tradition in overcoming the betrayal trauma is because it builds trust in yourself. It builds trust in yourself that you can go within. You can discern. Hmm. I like this. I don't like that. This is meaningful. That's not meaningful. I'm going to keep this. I'm going to get rid of this. And you can create things for yourself. You can have your own back. You can examine what's important to you right now. And it can be different every year. You can communicate your needs, your wants, 
And then all you have to do is show up for yourself and to do that. If you feel like explaining it, of course you can. But you don't have to. And through this process, what it's going to do is it's going to help you reestablish your identity as a sovereign being, not as somebody's daughter or wife or sister or friend. It's going to help you reestablish your identity as who you are in accordance with your deepest values. And maybe for the first time ever, you will actually start being aware of what those values are. And by that, oh, I don't mean it as a condescending thing. I did not know my values for the longest time. I would think, oh, peace and love and joy and kindness. And it wasn't until I did that fetish finder and I started actually writing down and seeing what I was doing, did I realize, okay, yes, on some of those and no on some of them. Some of them I'm just saying because they sound good and because in my head I sure want to do it, but I'm not really putting, putting my effort into living that way. And then once I accepted unconditionally that these are my values, this is how I'm living, this is important to me, and I started recreating my identity around that as somebody who values education and fitness. It changed the way I did certain traditions because I value education, because I value fitness. I don't want to eat certain holiday foods that my family, my culture, my religion passed down to me. I want to do things differently. I want to eat in a way that's in accordance with my values. And that doesn't mean pigging out on sweets. That doesn't mean stuffing myself at holiday meals. That doesn't mean drinking too much too often because it's a party and I have to. It means honoring myself and my identity and my values and establishing some of my own traditions, which meant learning to make some really fun holiday drinks with tea that are non-alcoholic, which meant learning to make some really fun vegan and vegetarian holiday dishes, which meant signing up every year for a holiday fitness challenge so I stay on track and have accountability. It means doing things like cutting, cutting away, getting out of town, being with my family, being with friends. Instead of doing cards, doing phone calls and talking to people. Because that to me is more meaningful to have that connection and to talk and to hear and to respond and to make space for whatever is going on in somebody else's world than to just send a card with a generic Christmas letter that everybody gets. So that's how to go back and to revisit your values, your beliefs. Connected with the holiday, I connect it around Valentine's Day. That theme is love. How can I show love to people that I love, to people that I don't know? How can I show love in the world? Christmas to me is around hope. It's around not only making the best of things, but thriving in circumstances that are not ideal. How, how can I live that? How can I show that? How can I give hope to others? 
How can I help others through rough times? Birthdays to me are a celebration of life and that you matter. Throwing a cheesy birthday party doesn't really necessarily say, ooh, you matter. What does is writing a letter for me. And that's my challenge. That's my challenge for you here today. Is to start creating new traditions post-betrayal for yourself that bring you joy for others that bring them joy. To revisit the values and beliefs connected to yourself, connected to the holidays, to examine what is important to you right now this year. And to start reestablishing your identity in accordance with your deepest values. Because when you do, suddenly you will have this new beautiful way of marking time. You will have this new beautiful sense of belonging. Belonging to yourself, belonging to your values, belonging to the earth, to spirit, to whatever is important to you. And you will have a way to make meaning. Make meaning for yourself and for others. Despite what's going on, despite the chaos around you, despite this betrayal. And as a part of that, to also continue to reflect on the good and the bad of past holidays, of things you loved, of things you didn't love, to grieve the loss of innocence, to grieve the loss of all that was good, but to allow yourself, allow yourself fully to take and to feel all of the joy that was there before. Because you deserve that joy, especially now more than ever. You deserve all the joy that you can get. So take that joy and run with it. Please reach out, laura at laurachetel.com. Please reach out and let me know how this process is going for you. Let me know any new traditions that you have come up with. Let me know any new values, any new beliefs, anything that's coming up for you around the processing of this. Because together, maybe we can share and create some new traditions with each other. Laura at laurachetel.com. Have an amazing week. And as usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are. Because who you are is always more than enough. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. With radio host and live choreographer, Laura Cheadle. Every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com. 